Today's shear begins six lines from the top of Daf Mem Gimel. Before we begin the actual Gemara, we glance at the side. We have a no say, a topic heading. We also indicate that this goes till Omid Bey's long topic. Bas Hanizones Min Hoachim. A girl that is supported by her brothers. In other words, we have a man who had a family. The man, the, the father died, uh, leaving uh, sons that is essentially inherit the estate. As far as the laws of inheritance are concerned, sons and daughters, when they are in the same family, uh, the sons inherit, the daughters do not inherit. However, the daughters are provided with support, with sustenance, through something called a Tanai Ksuba. When the man, uh, when the father married uh, the uh, children's mother, the girl's mother, in the Ksuba, the financial guarantee that a woman who gets married is provided with, there's also a clause that says that any uh, girls that uh, you produce th- uh, together with me, they will continue dwelling in my house after his demise and receive uh, maintenance or support from his estate until they get married. So we're dealing with that situation of a girl who's uh, living uh, in her father's uh, home after her after his death and they're receiving she the, the daughters are receiving support to what we'll refer to henceforth as the Tnai Ksuba the Ksuba conditions. Maisi of Delami we continue reading our note on the side the income that this girl produces who benefits, who receives it? Machlokes Rabsheshis Rab Yosef We'll see a machlokis between these two authorities, Rab Sheshis Shel Achim. Of Sheshis, the, the brothers receive that, they receive her income, and Rab Yosef Shelah. According to Rab Yosef, it is hers. Of course, when the father was alive, so the father who uh, is supporting his daughters uh, gets in exchange their the daughter's income. But now we're talking about the father is out of the picture. We look back, we go, we go to now the Gemara text, six lines from the top. You can see there's a slash line in the middle of the line. Baumine Rabbi Avino Merovsheshes. Rabbi Avino asks, Bas Hanizainus Min Hoachin. A girl, a daughter, that's being supported of, uh, th- through her brothers. Now, as we already explained, it's a function of the brothers having inherited their father's estate, but she derives sustenance from that very estate. So she's called uh, Nizonis, or like Mozon, food. Uh, she's being fed uh, from her brothers who had inherited her father's estate. Maisa Yodelami, the income that she produces, who benefits from that? The question is presented in an Aleph O Dilma Bay's fashion, two sides of analysis. Do we say that the brothers are instead of the father? 
just like if the father was alive he was going to he would benefit from her income so too they stand in his stead therefore they get her income or possibly they are not like the father there the father is the one who is providing her sustenance so in exchange for his paying for her sustenance she gives him her income here it's not that they're paying out of their pocket for her sustenance it's her sustenance is as a result of the legal conditions that we called before the the Tanaik Subots maybe in the merit of her mother having married the, the father and through that marriage she was provided through the Ksubos, uh, through the Tanai Ksuba that we mentioned, the, the Ksuba conditions. Omar Lay, now we have a triangle. You'll notice as you skim down with your eye, the triangles appear in uh, quite uh, an abundance and also in alternating directions. This will take us all the way till the Mishnah on the upper part of Omid Base. So on the side, under the Mivneh heading, this is a ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of the give-and-take style of the Gemara. With the point facing up, this reflects Tshuvas Rav Sheshis and Tshuvos Avurots. Rav Sheshis's response and, 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 and points that are stated in the Gemara in his defense. The inverted triangle represents Neged Rav Sheshis, something problematic or against Rav Sheshis. So now, the question has been raised, Rav Sheshis responds, Omar Lei Tanisuha. Rav Sheshis says uh, to Rabbi Avino, in order to derive your answer, take a look at the following Tanaic source. It says, Almona Nizoynes Minichsi Yisaymim, Umaisiyadel Shelohen, a widow, uh, derives her sustenance from the estate that the uh, orphans inherited and her income her work her income goes to them now the thought at this point is that well you see that the Almona's income goes to the heirs so to the the daughter's income shall go to the heirs Uh, Rashi adds that you see that the uh, heirs are Bimkom Aviam. They, they stand in their father's stead. The Gemara response and those attacks Rav Sheshis' answer. Midomi. How can you compare Almanasa lo nicho baharvocha? Bito nicho baharvocha. With regard to one's Almona, the widow that a man leaves, the, the man isn't interested in her uh, enriching herself. She's provided for by the estate, and in exchange for the provisions that she receives, she gives the heirs her income. However, a man's daughter, the father, was interested in her profiting. Uh, so that, in addition to the, uh, the sustenance, the father would be very happy to, for his daughter to profit so that you can't conclude from the laws concerning Maisi Daim of the Almona 
to the laws concerning the Maise Yodayim of one's daughter. You notice there's a bracketed section that appears on the side. We have a note, Hezbra Sograim, explaining these brackets. Uh, within the brackets there's going to be a challenge to the, the mi domi uh, rejection of Rav Sheshes. but whatever question is raised within the brackets a response will be given so that we basically remain with the dechia uh, the dechia against Rav Sheshes. now you'll notice that after the brackets you see Mosiv Rav Yosef the, uh, the markings here are extremely helpful this is again a, an attack on Rav Sheshis. hence you see a, a second uh, say inverted triangle second in a row we have the Midomi which was a rejection of Rav Sheshis, and now, after the brackets, a Mosif Rav Yosef as well. With the structure hopefully being clear, let's now go into the bracketed section. With the statement of uh, Almana, uh, at, at the inverted triangle, we said the Almana, the, hus- the, the husband wasn't so interested in her profiting, but by the daughter, he was interested in her profiting. Therefore, she should keep her Maisiodayim. And you can't conclude the laws of Maisiodayim from the way we treat Almana. So it would imply that the, that the Bito Adifa Leimel, also that a father has more concern for his uh, daughter than he does for his. Widow, the Omar Rabbi Abba, Omar of Yosi, Osu Almona Eitzel Habas, person who dies leaving a widow and a daughter. So, in terms of a hierarchy of who gets first claims to uh, aspects of the estate, we make the Almona. Next to the bas, kebas eitzel achin, benechosim muatin. There's a lot packed into this this uh, this brief line of Gemara. Nechosim muatim is a situation where a man dies, leaving very little by way of an estate. It's uh, it's and how do we say he leaves little? There isn't enough in the estate to sustain. The uh, the we'll say the heirs for a period of twelve months, so it's called a it's a, called a, a limited estate. So the there are there are rules that apply when you have nichas muatim that will say uh, say supersede the basic rules of inheritance. <laughs> basic rules of inheritance assume that the man leaves. Um, a reasonable or large estate and the bulk of the estate is inherited by the sons and at the same time there's Mizono's provisions for the women folk that remain what happens though if it's a small estate so now the uh, rule that we're learning uh, is states that an almona uh, in the presence of a daughter that means there's a widow and there's a daughter 
is treated, the Almona is treated relative to the Bas, Kebas Eitzel Achin, and, and now that is explained. Just like a sister, once you have dealing with sister and brothers, or you have uh, 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 the daughter versus her versus the deceased sons, the rule is is that the limited estate will go to the daughter, and uh, and her brothers, the achim, the fellow sons, they'll go begging at doors. Af almona So too, when it comes to, uh, you have a very limited amount of money, and it's a matter of who is going to get that for their sustenance. Af almona almona The widow, she will derive the benefit of the estate. and the daughter will go knocking at doors for her maintenance, for her sustenance. So what do we see? We see that a, a man places a, a there's, there's greater premium or concern with regard to the almona more so than the boss, than the daughter. The Gemara says it all depends on what what funds are we talking about. Le'inyan zilusa, when it comes to something of a of a uh, denigrating nature, zilusa, cheapening nature, a person who has to knock on doors begging for handouts, that's an issue of zilzal, an issue of zilusa. So, in order to, pres- we'll call it the, the, uh, the, that means then in, in other terms, preservation of dignity. Regarding that concern, almanosoi adifale, a man's the, the 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 deceased's concern over his widow is greater than his concern over his daughter. He's interested in preserving his wife's dignity. The Indian Harvacha, when it comes to matters of profiting, Bito Adifale. His concern for his daughter to profit is greater than his concern for the Almona to profit. Mosiv Rav Yosef. Maisi Yodel Mitziyosa. Afapishalo Gopsa. With regard to her income and found articles, even if she didn't collect. Meisoav Harei Hain Shel Achin. When the father dies, it goes to the man's sons, i.e., her brothers. Taima de Bechayaav. The reason that the brothers inherit was we're talking about profits or, or income that she produced while the father was alive. So when when as soon as it was produced, even if the uh, the the uh, profits or the the income wasn't actually paid to her or to her father, it nevertheless becomes something that the father has rights to. Once again, it was produced while the father was alive. However, as she continues to work and producing new income after her father dies, she would get it. We dashed under My love, the Nizoinus. Is it not so that this source is talking about a girl that is receiving support from her brothers and yet the Maisiyadayim are le'atzma. 
if you if you like, you can use using the markings. You can compare this dashed underline to the dashed underlining that we did when Rav Sheshes gave us his answer, and there you saw Maisyadel Shelahen. The question Rav Yosef is presenting indicates that Maisyadel Leatzmor, and that is a problem for Rav Sheshes. Well. Rav Sheshis will answer this case is where she's not receiving any support uh, there's um, just imagine the man died the father died leaving no estate so she's not she's not receiving any support therefore um, therefore she keeps her when she's receiving support from the estate Rav Sheshis said that the, the sons who are the heirs of the estate they are in the place of the father and hence just like the father would have received it they receive it this is a different case the Gemara asks and this question lasts a number of lines if the source is describing a case where she's not deriving support my lamemra why even bother telling us that? Why tell us that which is obvious? And, and by the way, uh, when we say telling us, we're referring to the source plus the inference. And the inference is the case of uh, we had two lines above. There was a squiggle underline, and now you're telling me that it's a case where she's, that she's that what Rav Sheshis is going to tell me it's a case she wasn't receiving support. And if she wasn't receiving support, then the question is, isn't all that very obvious? My lamemra, why bother telling me that? Even according to the opinion, when it comes to slaves, a person can say to a slave, I want you to work for me, and I am not going to support you. That's a possibility when it comes to a, a, a heathen slave that a person purchases, the loksivbe imoch. The word imoch doesn't appear in the context of an evid kanani, aval evid ivri, but when it comes to a Jewish servant, as opposed to a heathen servant, when it comes to a Jewish servant, dechtivbe imoch. Lo, the word imoch means he shall. When you acquire a Jewish servant, he's to live imoch with you, not only with you, which would imply on equal terms, but in fact on higher terms than yourself. You have to really provide for him. And there's no way you can tell a Jewish servant that you're going to work for me and I'm not going to support you. Kol bito, all the more so that wouldn't be an option with regard to one's daughter so that if you have a case where she is not being supported because there's simply no estate there so of course she's going to keep her own income Omar Rabo Barula you can see the triangle is in the same direction as Rav Sheshes. This is in favor of Rav to, bear, to bolster to back up Rav Sheshes. Rabo says that the source that Rav Yosef cited in fact is a case where she's not being supported and you asked well isn't it obvious that she keeps the that she keeps her Maisyadayim lo nitzrucha elo lahadofa this hadofa means extra the extra beyond that which she needs to support herself 
that too she keeps if we look at Rashi a few lines up from here we need the diuk that we highlighted before with the uh, squiggle underlined uh, haw word Lashminen to tell us the Maisyadel the Achamisasav la Atzma ubeshenon izonis the income she produces she keeps and it's talking about a case where she's not being supported the low tema you shouldn't say zchus shezich seter leav bevitay mamon hu la risha lebanim to and and not to say that the uh, claim that a father has uh, uh, on his uh, daughter's income is viewed as strictly mamon, something that would be subject to inheritance of the sons, that his sons would inherit that. He'll ask, well, isn't it all obvious? How else she, could, she, could she support herself if not through her own income? She's not any worse than an Evid Ivri. Talk about a case where she produces enough money not only to support herself but also to uh, to save up in her bank account, and we're telling you that even that she keeps. So at this point, Rav Sheshes and his response that Shalahen, that was under circumstances where she was being supported by them. Uh, where you see an indication that she keeps her own money she keeps her income that's because she's not being supported by them and hence there's no question on Rav Sheshes. notice we have an inverted triangle and we have a long marking as well so we're now in the, we're going to raise a question uh, a problem against Rav Sheshes. Omar Rova Rova comes to we'll say strengthen Rav Yosef's question against Rav Sheshis. Rav says, Gavra Rabba to Rav Yosef, uh, a great man like Rav Yosef, Lo Yoda Dika Hadafa, did he not know that, there, that this uh, 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 answer could have easily been given, that there's, there is Hadafa? The Kamaisiv Tufte, and nevertheless, Rav Yosef raised this as a challenge so if he's asking the question then apparently the uh, answer of Hadofa and that's why we need to teach you the source above is a weak as a weak answer Elo Omar Rava Rav Yosef Masnisin Gufa Kashile the question that bothered Rav Yosef was from the source itself not from the inference but rather the Mesnisin Gufa itself, the source itself. Tikotani had said in the source, That's a quote from the source above. Maisyadel uh, means has her, her income, her the work that she did, that's, she's, that she's paid for. And Mitsyasa means the articles that she found. And then the source says, even though she didn't collect it, the term collecting a, a lost article uh, an item that she found even though she didn't collect it the term collection is a term appropriate when someone owes you money you go collect it from him you go vet it from him 
but something that she found, what's the term gavgofsa? What relevance does the term gavgofsa have to something that she found? So Rav Yosef explains that the source is really saying something else. Her income is like articles she finds. Articles that she finds. When the father is alive, it goes to the father. After the father dies, she keeps it for herself. So too with regard to income she produces. And this we dashed underline. This is a problem for Rav Sheshes. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, then it becomes clear then that the, the uh, presence of Mitzios in the source was to serve as a basis of comparison between it and Maisiodayim. And that comparison states that after the death of the father, she keeps that income. Not like Rav Sheshis. Shma Mino. This is a uh, conclusive um, challenge to Rav Sheshis. Itmar Nami. And likewise, we have it stated like Rav Yosef from Rav Yudam Rav. A girl that's supported from the estate. Uh, translated literally means that she's being supported through her brothers or her brothers that inherited the estate. She keeps her own income. Based on what do you conclude thusly? The Pasuk says regarding inheritance, it says, You shall um, bequeath them. Now here the them is a reference to Avodim Kananim, heathen slaves that a person owes, that he, uh, that he owns, are passed down to his heirs. And we infer, Oisam Levnechem, the slaves, the Avodim Kananim, are inherited, they're subject to inheritance uh, on the part of his sons. But one's daughters are not inherited by one's sons. This teaches us that a person does not bequeath the benefits that a daughter accrues to his sons. Maskif law rabba. Now, the triangle is pointing up. This would then be in favor of some, a comment made to favor or to benefit Rav Sheshis's position. So, maskif law rabba. The Amor, that which we said that you're not Muriskuspito, that through one's death he doesn't bequeath the uh, say rights to one's daughter, that's Bapito Yabas Knosos Vichavolas Akosov Medaber. The inference that we made from the Posuk of his Nachaltem Isil Vechem Achem Velobinaisechem, that's a reference to uh, the the fines that she would um, receive because of seduction uh, or uh, or rape or um, money that she uh, she is entitled to because she experienced an injury those are chavolas it's regarding those things that the sons don't inherit but daim maybe that does go to them. Likewise, Rav Hanina taught that the source 
that says she is entitled to the money, it's money that is received from, as a result of uh, injury. That's chavolus. Uh, let's just read that last line. The Gemara asks, Chavolus Tsara de Gufa Ninu. The uh, payment made for in, in inflicted injury is a is a payment because of the bodily pain that she experiences. This is not considered a schus that a father has in his daughter. We said a few lines up that um, after quoting the pasuk, the the uh, conclusion was magid shein adam zchus bito livno. But you you how do you call and and then you say that refers to the the zchus bito that that is referring to amongst other things chavolas uh, to say as Rabbah suggests. That chavolos is included in that concept of of schuspito, that is simply inaccurate. It's not something that the father has a schus in to begin with. Omar Rebbe Yosi Barchanina. He responds when the comment was made that chavolos are an example of a father's schus bebito. That's Shepotza, we're at the top of Omid base. Shepotza bifoneha. The attacker, in inflicting the injury, he he uh, smashed her face in. And Rashi puts points out at the top. Shepotza bifoneha. The afchusomi kaspa. He thereby causes depreciation. He reduces her value. The e ise laav delay. Who, if the father was around, that depreciation would, would have been something that the father would receive. Da yesh lo ba mecher. After all, the father has a right to sell her. It strikes me. Also, he has a right to marry her off. And now with this potza uh, bifonel, the father would have ended up losing out on that. And uh, in other words, that would have caused him a loss. And therefore, it's something that the payment, the compensation for that is something that the father is entitled to. As you can see, we have a, again an inverted triangle and also a long marking. This is going to present a, an approach different than that of Rav Sheshes. Omar, Rav Zeiro, Omar Rav Matono, Omar Rav, Yamrila, another version by way of names, Omar Rebi. Zera. There's no difference by way of the names other than, according to this version, instead of reading it as Rav Zera, which was his title before he came to Eretz Yisrael, after he came to Eretz Yisrael, he, th- there's a title change from Rav to Rabbi Zera. And Rashi indicates that the Rabbi title is um, reflective of his having received Smicha. Smicha, sometimes translated as... Uh, Ordination might be accurate to say licensing, licensing to to don to judge cases of a knas nature. But let's not get off the topic. Simply, it's the same list of names. Just as far as Rabbi Zera is concerned, is it was it was it said when he was in Bovel or after he came to Israel? 
and hence you have Yamri Lomer Rabbi Zera, Omra Matonomarav, Bas Hanizonis Menoachin, a girl who is receiving support from the estate that was inherited by her brothers, Maisi Odao Le Atzma. She keeps her income, and as we said, that is uh, at variance with regard to Rav Sheshes. and what is this based on? What's the source for saying that she keeps her own Maisidayim, and uh, that the brothers don't inherit that? The father, of course, he would have received the Maisidayim had he been alive. What we say that that is not something that they inherit. In other words, the continued Maisidayim that she produces after he dies. The Posik says, The Posik we saw already that the that one slaves are bequeathed unto his children. One bequeaths his slaves to his sons, but not his daughters to his sons. Magid, this teaches us Shein or the Moirish Schus Bito Livno. That a person does not bequeath the rights that he has in his daughter to his son. Omar Le Avimi Bar Poppy. Shokoid Omra. So Avimi says that Shokod said this. Shokod man who's Shokod? Answer Shmuel. Question Vahorav Omra. Amo Af Shokud Omra. So when I made a reference to Shokud or to Shmuel, I'm saying not to the exclusion of Rav, but also Shmuel said this. Omar Mor Bar Amemar Laravashi. Hachi Amri Nardoi. If you were wondering why we have a triangle with a point facing up, it's for this very reason. Because here you have a a, uh, a ruling that rules like Rav Sheshis, that the Maisyadaya, that the income she produces, will go to her brothers. Rav Ashi Omar, the Rav, which is not like Rav Sheshis, and we saw that earlier, that it's Maisyadaya is Le'atzma. And the Gemara itself rules like Rav. That the Maisyadeh she keeps. And even though she's receiving support from the estate that her brothers inherited, they do not appear as if they're in the, standing in their father's stead. Before we continue with the Mishnah, we glance at the side. We have a no say, a topic heading, which reads Mosaiho Av Zakai Ligvois Ksubasa Umosai Hi Zoichaba. The Ksuba is the financial guarantee that a woman receives upon her marriage that says that in the event that she is divorced, so a certain minimum amount of money will be paid. We often talk about the ksuba of a basula, 200 zuz will be paid. We're focusing on a situation where the girl is quite young yet. She's still in her father's, she was, um, she was in her father's domain. He married her off. But she didn't consummate the marriage. That 
is referred to as Erusin, the first stage of the marriage. And now we look at the Mishnah, Hamaaris is Bito, Vigirsha. Father married off the daughter, and she was divorced from the Erusin stage. And then Irsa, Vinis Armalah. He then married her off to a second man, and he died, leaving her an almona. Ksubosa Shalom. The Ksuba payment goes to the father. We look at Rashi, Ksubosa Shalav. There's a star in the Rashi as well. Ksuba Shehi Goiva Mishnei Erusin Halolo. The Ksuba that she collects from these two different husbands. The, the feeling is, or the thinking is, that Iksuba is paid even though the marriage was not consummated, even though she's an Arusa. And the Mishnah is speaking about a girl who is still within the age bracket of Narus, under 12 and a half, or Katniss, or a minor. We continue in the Mishnah. Hisia means the marriage was con- consummated. Nisuin. And then she was divorced. Hisia Venis Armala. She married and then became an Almona. Ksubasa Shela. Rashi, Ksubasa Shela, Demishisia. From the point that the Nisuin took place, Pokka Rishuso. The father's. Uh, control or uh, d- dominion over her ceases. We look at the time of collection. The Gavaina the Gavaina, the point of collection, the time of collection is after she's left her, her father's domain. And we don't focus or emphasize the point at which the Ksuba was written out Lomar, and then say the first Ksuba when it was written it was written prior to the Nisuin so she was still in the father's domain and therefore it should go to the father that we do not say according to the Tanakama let's continue in the Mishnah Rabbi Yudah Omer HaRishonah Shalav the first ksuba in the uh, these cases of hisia vigirsha, the fir- that that ksuba will go to the father. Amru lo, the rabbanon said to Rabbi Mishiasia ein lavia From the point that she is uh, married off with the consummation of the marriage, the father no longer has any control uh, or rights to uh, her her income. The Gemara uh, is Medayik. It makes a, um, a, a, a reference to the careful choice of words of the Mishnah to draw a particular conclusion. On the side of the Gemara, we have a Nosea topic heading. Medayik Loshana Mishnah, from careful reading of the language of the Mishnah, we see the Isha, Muhzekes Katlonis Achri Pamayim, that a woman could be categorized as a Katlonis after two deaths two husband deaths. Katlonis literally means a murderous woman. Now, we don't mean murder in the premeditated fashion, but the idea that a woman who had two husbands die on her indicates that there's something dangerous about being married to this lady. 
that's a, a very, let's say, superficial um, initial presentation of the matter, something that is uh, worth looking into uh, on its own, and uh, the uh, halacha lemaisa ramifications. But that's beyond the scope of our shiur. Now the Gemara. Taimo the Hesiva Girsha, Hesiva Nisarmala. The uh, Mishnah features a woman that had initially uh, married and got divorced, married a second husband, married, uh, consummated the marriage, and then he died. Avon Nisarmala Tre Zimni, if both husbands had died on her, Su Lochazio Linsubi. She wouldn't be fit to marry a third husband. Because after the death of two husbands, she's considered a woman that causes husbands to die. And the, the Tana was very careful in presenting his, uh, his examples, presenting a case where there is... Uh, Rashi's Lashon is the the Mishnah didn't want to feature a, a uh, an example of something that has this this Puranus um, aspect Puranus is uh, translated as a punishment or um, uh, let's say defeatist uh, type uh, atmosphere the Agav Urche, the Gemara continues, Agav Urche Kososim Lontano Kerebi. And by the way, we have an unnamed Mishnah that favors the opinion of Rebbe, Domar Betray Zimni Havya Chazoka, that after the recurrence of the same uh, thing twice, as opposed to Rav Shungam Lil says three times, Rebbe says after two times, that establishes a status. And after two husbands, that would have died on her, she would have been established as a katlonis, a woman that is responsible uh, for the cause of her her husband's to die. Before we continue, we glance at the side. We have a nosei mivne heading. Shortly, we'll see diamonds appearing. These are shnei l'shonos shel rabbi rav yosef lahasbi yeshitas rabbi b'mishnah two versions of Rabba and Rav Yosef who, uh, who join up together to explain the position of Rav Yudah in the Mishnah. The Gemara. Rav Yudah Omer HaRishonah Shalaf. Rav Yudah spoke about uh, first woman, the, the first marriage was a consummated marriage and uh, she was subsequently divorced. Nevertheless, the father gets the Ksuba. My time with Rav Yudah, what's the uh, explanation for Shita's Rabbit. After all, it's fairly well known that after Nisuin, a girl leaves her father's domain. So, how is it that the father is getting the Ksuba of his daughter that became Nisua and then divorced? Uh, let's just repeat and remind ourselves we're talking about girls that are, uh, un- in, that are within the realm of either Ketanos or Narois. But nevertheless, once the girl uh, is Nisua? She leaves her father's realm. So why is it that he's getting the ksuba? Rabba of Yosef Hoyel, and you'll notice we we double underline the word Hoyel for emphasis purposes, where we can focus on the uh, on the reason given. Hoyel umishas erusin zocha 
Bohen Hoav. Uh, since at the time of Erusin, with the first husband, the uh, the the uh, father he gains rights uh, to her ksuba. If we look at Rashi, the Mishas Erusin, Shabal Rishon is Chayev Lo Ksuba Vezochav At the point of Erusin, with the first husband, that is the point at which he becomes bound, duty bound to provide the ksuba and at that point she was still in the father's domain and hence he's zochenet Rashi continues and says in sheni lo zocha in regard to the erusin with the second man the father is not going to merit uh, or or have a claim on it from the point that she consummated her marriage with the first husband, the father is eliminated from the picture. Let's continue in the Gemara text. Mosiv Rava. Rabbi Omer, Rishonah Shalav. Rabbi says that the, the first Ksuba will go to the father. Rabbi will concede in a case where a man married off his daughter when she was still a minor and then she reached Bagrus, means she crossed the 12 and a half year mark the Achakach Nises and then she consummated her marriage that the father has no claim on money that uh, she would collect am I, why is that the case in other words, if Rabbo and Rav Yosef's explanation before is correct uh, at the time of the Erusin, the, fa- the, the father uh, 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 gains his claim to the Ksuba because at that point the husband becomes duty bound to provide a Ksuba. And at that point she's still in the father's domain. So uh, this source that indicates. Uh, of course, within Rebbe Huda, that the father does not get the the ksuba, even though the erusin took place when she was still clearly in his domain. That is a problem for the uh, explanation Rabbi of Yosef number one had given. Ella, i itmar hochi itmar. Rabbi of Yosef They both say, hail ubirshuso nichtavim. The explanation of Rav Yehuda in the Mishnah is that the Ksuba, <coughs> the first Ksuba, uh, was written when she was still in the father's domain. And this is not the case where she becomes a Bogeres before the Nisuin. In our case, she did not become a Bogeris. In the Mishnah's case, we have a, a Ktana, that Hesiovia, the Nisuin took place before she was a Bogeris, so that the Ksuba was written up while the daughter was fully in her father's domain. The Tanaic source that was quoted as a Kashan Rabbi of Yosef describes a, a father who had Ma'ares his Bito when she was a Ktana. But in the meantime, the ksuba was not written up. She then became a bogeris 
before the Nisuin, but by becoming a Bogera, she leaves the father's domain completely. And then the Ksuba is written up. It's written up at a point she's not in the, in the father's domain anymore. That's why uh, the father is described as Ein Lovia Rishus Ba. As you can see, there's a, a slash mark indicating that that which follows is a, it's a new trend of thought. On the side, under the no say, the topic heading, we've written, Mishubadim is, um, is the general term for property lien. That means when someone becomes indebted to a particular party, that particular party has a claim on the individual's uh, property holdings and any subsequent sales of property to others do not preclude the original uh, party from laying claim on those properties. He has a, the original party with his claim uh, has a lien on the properties. That's called, that's called Shibudim. We speak here about a uh, a ksuba. A man marries a woman. He thereby becomes indebted to her. If that husband happens to have other properties and he, he sells off those other properties, are they subject to uh, the, the woman's, the wife's collecting from them? Of course, in the event of a uh, of a divorce or his death, the Gemara, Omigva Meemas Gavia. From what point does the uh, the wife have a lien on her husband's properties? Omar Rav Huna. Mono Masaimino Erisin, the basic Ksuba which is established by the Rabbonan, the Takonas Rabbonan, the rabbis instituted the Mono for a widow that is being married or a virgin marriage 200 Zuz. That basic sums are uh, in, become in, uh, indebted to the woman from the uh, husband's properties from the time of Erisin. The Tosefes Minanesuin. Tosefes is are, are, are sums of money that the husband might add to the basic sum. She will have a right to collect from any properties that he sold, provided they were sold after they had consummated their marriage. So the basic amount, the mona or mosayim, the 100 or the 200 zuz, any properties that, he, that the husband sold after the Erusin, even if they were sold before the Nisuin, they become indebted to the wife. In other words, she can collect up to 200 zoos worth of property uh, that he may have sold after the Erusin. She has first claims on those properties. However, the Tosefis, that is only Mishas Nisuin. The uh, Rashi adds a few lines from the end of the narrow lines uh, the Tosefis Shemealmo he Boala 
it comes from outside. That means it's not a result of the Rabbonans Takona, the Rabbonan instituting it. It comes from the husband's good heart. Lo nishtabit adzman shekonu miyodo v'kosav. The lien that she has on his properties regarding the Tosefes does not set in until the time of the actual writing up of the document, uh, at which point a Kenyan is made, a formal uh, say, transaction or bonding is made. The Monomosayim, though, is uh, indebted from the actual Erusin, which is prior, a time prior to the writing up of the Tsuba document. We continue in the Gemara. V'rav Asi Omar min Not only the Tosefes, but the basic Ksuba as well, is uh, she gains a lien on his properties only from the point that they consummate the marriage. That properties that the husband might have sold after the Erusin, but prior to the Nisuin, she has no claim on them. Let us take a look at the Rashi at the end of the narrow lines. The girl herself, the wife herself, she forgives or foregoes on the original lien. So that even though there might have been a Ksuba obligation from the point of Erosin, once the Ksuba document is written up, she foregoes any earlier liens or claims she might have had on her properties and everything becomes uh, Meshubad the lien is formed only from the date that is written into the Shtar Ksuba and and we say that includes the Monomosayim as well as the Gemara goes on, you can see a question is raised uh, regarding uh, Rav Huna's approach. Would Rav Huna have said what he did, making the split between the Monomasayim versus the Tosefes? A woman who produces two Ksuba documents. Achas shel Mosayim v'achas shel Shlosh One uh, indicating that there, she has a claim of 200 and that's the, the earlier of the two documents that she produces and the second document the later date in it 300 is written into it the Yomar Ravuna Rav Huna, and whose name we dashed underline because we're focusing on his Shita right now he says if she wants to claim from the earlier date she wants to claim the 200. She has a right to claim from the earlier date. Any properties that were sold after that earlier date, she would have a claim on them. Shloshmeas, if she comes to collect from the, uh, the, the, the larger amount, the 300, but then she's, she's more limited in whom she can turn to for collection. That's Goiva Mizman Shani. She can collect only from the date written in that, which is the later date. Now, what do we see in the meantime? We see she only claims one of them. Ve'im Esau, if the original Rav Huna statement was really made, 
Tigvi Mosayim Isman Rishon. Let her collect the 200, which represents the basic amount from the earlier date. Umeo Misman Sheni. And the additional 100 from the later date, that we would call the Toisephus, the additional sum. And yet that's not what Rav Huna says over here. The, the Gemara responds. Here's an answer. It's a long answer. Ulitameich, according to the way you are looking at things, Tigvi Chomesh Meos Kulom. Let her be entitled to collect the total, the entire 500. Mosayim Izman Rishon, the basic 200 from the early date, plus Meom Izman Sheni, the 300 from the second date. But now that Ravuna never said. Why is that not raised as, a, as an option? Kevon de lo Kosav law, since in the second document the following language was missing. This is an Aramaic sentence. This was not written. Tzvisi means I uh, willingly, I desired to add 300 above the 200. That wasn't in the second document. The second document that had 300 written into it, the amount of 300. What he's trying to say in that second document of 300 is trying to say as follows. If you want to collect from the, uh, the earlier date, which will enable her to have, let's say, more property options as far as the lien is concerned, so then you can collect only 200. If your desire is to collect from the later date, which would limit you in the amount of the different properties from whom from which she could collect, well then Gavia uh, Tlas Maya. So with that we understand why she isn't getting the five hundred. So Hachanami, we continue at the top of Mem Daladom and Aleph. So too here Haini Taima de Logavia this is the reason that she is not uh, collecting law that I'm adding 100 on the 200 she is foregoing the original shibud so that the uh, in the in a situation that the language of Tosephus appears the language of an additional sum appears there's a basic sum and an added upon that is an additional sum and the language reflects that then the original comment of Ravuna stands that the Monomasayim from the Erosin and the Tosephus from the Nisuin however if that language is not there so it's a question of either 200 or 300 if she wants to collect the 300 the 300 is a reflection, the fact that the Tosephus language was missing, it reflects the idea that she, for, she, for, uh, she forfeited the option of collecting from the earlier time, and that the entire 300 would be something that she collects from the later time. As we continue in the Gemara, we glance at the side. We have a no say, a topic heading that reads as follows: Liyashev Dinoi Shel We want to resolve uh, Rav Huna's halacha 
that he said the Iboi Bahai Gavio Iboi Bahai Gavio in the case of two Storos uh, one with an earlier date one with a later date we saw the earlier date in the example uh, 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 from before had uh, a smaller sum the one with the later date had a greater sum and Rafuna said that if you want you can collect the lesser sum from the earlier date which gives you more collection options or if you prefer the, to collect the larger sum you can collect from the only from the later date which limits your collection options we want to resolve that in Dino Shel Rav Nachman with in light of Rav Nachman, to align it with Rav Nachman's halacha, which says, There were two documents, let's say two documents of sale regarding a field. And they have two different dates, one an earlier date and one a later date. Bitel Sheni Esarishon, the second document with the, the later date, voids or cancels the first document. Mikrim Shedinoi Shorav Nachmon Einobatokef. We'll also see cases where the uh, teaching of Rav Nachman is not binding. So now we go back to the uh, the Gemara. Third line from the top. Omar Mar. It was said earlier, and this is from Mem Gimel Amit Aleph, this, uh, if you look back at Mem Gimel, Mem Gimel Bay's correction there, uh, you'll see a parallel arrow also to the right-hand side of the Gemara text, the lower, the lower uh, quarter, lower fifth of the page, pointing to Rav Huna's din. And by the way, uh, Rashi on the third narrow line is is a basis for our use of these arrows. Notice what Rashi says on Rav Huna Koi. This quote is going back to Rav Huna. If you want to collect the 200, the lesser sum, you can collect from the earlier date. If you want to collect the greater sum, the 300, you can only collect from the later date. So we're, we're going back on that. So Omar Mor, Ibaya Bahai Gavya, Ibaya Bahai Gavya. If you want, you can collect with this one, and if you want, you can collect with that one. Lema Pliga the Rav Nachman. The fact that Rav Huna gives you two options, this would seem to be at odds with Rav Nachman's teaching. The Omer Rav Nachman, Shnei Shtoros, Hayoitzin Bozeacharzeh. Two documents uh, over, uh, over one field. Let's say uh, Ruvain uh, gives a field or sells a field to Shimon, and in, in one document he writes the sale took place the first of Nisan. The second document says the sale took place, or the gift took place, the first of Sivan. That's uh, three months later. What does Rav Nachman say? Bitel Sheni Es Horishon. The second document, the Echod B'Sivan document in our example, would cancel the first. In other words, as far as we are concerned, the sale took place only from the first of Sivan. Uh, we're not going to elaborate on all the, like the, the practical ramifications of that. It's sufficient for us to focus right now on this idea that the second document neutralizes or cancels the first. That would seem to be at odds with Rav Huna. 
the Gemara responds, Lav Papa. Was it not said concerning this by Rav Papa the following? Rav Nachman, If in the second document there is something additional, in other words, in the first document a a field was sold. In the second document, in addition to the field, an extra tree was sold. That was written in as and something additional. And in a case like that, the second document does not cancel the first document. Hachanami, so too with regard to Ravuna's din. There was 300 that was added. In other words, the second document had more in it than the first document. The first document had 200 written in. The second document had a greater amount written in. So in a case like that, even Rav Nachman agrees that the second document doesn't cancel the first document. Gufa, Omar Rav Nachman, Shnei Shtoros Hayoitzin Bozacharzeh Two uh, uh, contracts or two documents uh, concerning one field, uh, the first document having Echod Benison written in, the second document having Echod Basivon written in. Bitel Sheni Asorishon. The second document cancels the first one. If we uh, look at Rashi, by the way, he gives a, uh, let's say, a practical application of this. Bitel Sheni Asorishon. Vim Kosavlo Achrayis. If let us say uh, a guarantee was written into the into the sale. Vitorfua mimenu, and the purchaser, the receiver of the field, lost the field because they someone else had a had a claim on it. They it was collected from him. Ein goyve elo mizman sheni. He can collect only from the uh, original seller's. Uh, properties that he may have sold after that second date. Vachinami Nemo Rishon Botil Lei the Achle Lishibude Kamo. And likewise, uh, the uh, the issue in the original piece of Gemara with Rav Nachman and Rav Huna, the suggestion was that we should say that also by Rav Huna that the second document cancels the first and we then answered as we saw that in the case that the second document has something additional to it then it doesn't represent a cancellation of the first document let's continue in the Gemara Omar Rav Papa Umoide Rav Nachman the Oisif Beidikla L'Toisefes Kasve. And we actually saw this mentioned before that Rav Nachman will concede that if in the second star there's something additional, even a, an extra tree is written into the second star, it's written for the second star was written to reflect that additional element and not to cancel the first element. And uh, of course, the the nafkaminas, as we said before, that if he should want to uh, exercise the rights of the second star with the later date in it, he'll have a right to expect the tosefes as well, the additional element. And if he prefers having the star with the earlier date in it, so he's 
not going to have access or a claim on the Tosefus, on that additional element. We continue with uh, more cases of two shtaros, and you'll see the the uh, uh, nuance in the following Gemara. Shita Rishon b'mecher v'sheni b'matana. If the first document is written with a language of sale, a sale in it, and the second document is written with the language of a gift, in other words, a field is being transferred from Ruvain to Shimon. The first document, Aleph Nisan, says a sale of the field took place from Ruvain to Shimon. And in Aleph Sivan, a document appears that says that the field was given as a gift from Ruvain to Shimon. The second document, even if it doesn't have any Tosephus in it, it is not here to cancel the first document. It is here to overrule the, we'll say, once again, the Matona document, the second document, which is a gift document, is co- has come to supersede or circumvent the rule of Dina, of, of Bar Metzra. Let's uh, explain that a little bit. When a person sells a field, he's obligated to give uh, the first opportunity to uh, of, of purchase to the Bar Metzra, the one who the neighbors has a common border with the field. Let us say that uh, for whatever reason, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to give the neighbor the option. The law says you have to give him the option, but that applies only in a case of a sale. If you want to give property that you own as a gift to someone, then you don't have to take into consideration your neighbor. When you want to give a gift, you give a gift to someone you you happen to have a a, a strong bond with. You have an affinity toward them. It's not necessarily the case with your neighbor. So that when it comes to the rule of bar metzra of common border, you are restricted when it comes to sales, but not when it comes to a gift. So that what you saw over here is that a person sold the field to some someone other than the neighbor. That sale could be threatened uh, unless there is an indication that he gave that field as a gift to that uh, individual, the purchaser, if you will. So that he he uh, prepared the second document to uh, increase the strength of the holding of the fellow to whom he sold the field, that he shouldn't be confronted by the bar master, by the neighbor who would complain that he wasn't given a right to purchase the field. The Kolshikane, and all the more so, Rishon B'Matona, Vesheni B'Mecher, where the first document reflected a giving of the field as a gift, and the second document with a later date as if it were sold. The Amrinon, we say, Mishum Dino de Balchoiv, who de Kosav Kane. And here we look into Rashi, cross from here, Rashi says, Dino de Balchov. If a previous creditor had come to the um, uh, owner of these field, the, of the field that, he, that is being sold now, 
with a with a very early claim, and uh, with that he would be able to take away the field from the receipt from the one who received it as a gift. Claiming, you know, you got a field on which I already had an earlier claim. I had a lien on that field. In order to uh, give a sense of of ownership or of of uh, let's say a guarantee that the gift I gave you was a was something that you could rely on, I prepared a second document indicating that it was a sale and. With that, you, the receiver of the gift, knows that you can now seek uh, other properties of mine in, as compensation for the field that you lost to that earlier creditor. And that's what Rashi says here. Ki, uh, we'll read again the Rashi. Ki kan. That with this second document that entitles the, we'll say, the receiver of the gift to, in the, in, the, on the, in the event that he loses that field because of an earlier creditor, he will be able to seek compensation for his lost field. If it were a mere gift and was left like that, you don't get compensation for a gift, uh, for a gift that you happen to lose. But if the gift is also described as a sale, so the the amount of money that was written in that you uh, that is as if you paid for it you'd be able to recover that amount Ella we continue in the Gemara if both <coughs> documents reflect a sale or both documents reflect a gift the document with the, with the later date in it cancels the document with the earlier date my time why do you say that why is it why does it void the earlier one Raphram Omar and here we have two explanations Raphram says Amar Odoye Oidile the uh, let's see the author of the star is in effect confessing that the first document was a forgery Rashi says, And they came to a, a meeting of the minds that the collection, if it would come to that, would be from the date in the second star. Rav Acho Omar, Emar Achuli Achle Leshibude. The uh, idea of the second star canceling or voiding the first star is a reflection of the uh, receiver of the uh, of the star foregoing or forfeiting his lean his the earlier lean that he might have otherwise had. My binayu, what? Difference is there between Raphram's explanation and Rav Acha's explanation? As far as the law is concerned, so the second star cancels or voids the first star, and the 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 deal is said to have taken place only from the second date. What difference is there in terms of these explanations? Eko binayu, and you'll notice there are three 
cases or three examples of a point of difference. Number one, a roi sadi. Number two, a shlumi piri. Number three, ule taska. The first nafgamina, the first ikal binaya, the first point of difference would be regarding the witnesses that signed the document. Are these witnesses going to be considered henceforth reliable people? According to Raphram, no. They are people that signed a forgery. According to Ravacha, there's no issue of forgery. And the, those, the witnesses that signed the first document would still be considered acceptable. Like we're simply saying that the receiver forfeited any liens that he might have had from the earlier date. But as far as the witnesses are concerned, their reputation is maintained. Lushlumi Peri, Rashi says, The person who acquired the field, let us say that he consumed fruits, uh, produce from the field, starting from the earlier date. Does he have a right uh, to have consumed those fruits? So Rashi explains that uh, Lerafram, according to Rafram, who said that the uh, uh, the second star is a demonstration that the first star was a forgery. So a forgery means there was nothing legally that took place, and if you ate the, from the produce of the property from that first date, you have to pay for it. The third nafkamina is letaska, and this is an interesting word because if you do a little letter switch, you can get you can see the word tax. And that's what it is. It's a land tax pay, payable to the uh, to the authorities. Uh, the the purchaser, the receiver of this field, will he pay from the earlier date or not? According to Raphram, the obligation to pay is upon the original owner. After all, the first star was a forgery, meaning that there was no sale. Uh, from that earlier date, it was it was the owner's property until the second date, the second star. According to Rav Acha, the the a first date is not a doesn't reflect a it's, it doesn't uh, reflect a forgery. It, it, what we're saying that he the receiver foregoes any liens that he may have on other properties uh, that he would have had from that first date. But as far as the ownership is concerned he is considered the owner even from the first date and, according, and therefore according to Rav Acha the, the purchaser will have to pay the taxes from that first date my havi Allah diksuba the uh, Gemara here is a throwback to what we discussed on uh, Mem Gimel Omid Beis we have a star that you can see to the left hand, to the right hand side of the Gemara text back on Mem Gimel on the base. The Gemara had asked Gavya regarding a a ksuba uh, and the woman's rights to collect from uh, other properties that the husband may have sold off. From what point does the wife have a lien on her husband's properties? That's the Gemara's. What the Gemara wants to know is Lamaisa, halacha Lamaisa, and what's the final law? 
Toshma, the Yomar of Yudam Shmuel, Mishum Rebelozer Rebishimon. Monomo Simon Erison, the basic suba amount, the 100 for the Almona, the 200 for the Basula, is collectible from the original uh, Erison. Even though at that point the suba document wasn't necessarily written up, but there's a Takonas Chachomim that ensure the woman a basic suba. So from that point in time, she has. Uh, a claim on the husband's properties. Any properties that he might have sold after that point in time, she would have uh, a, a, a first crack at it. She would have an, a, an earlier claim. The Tosefes min hanesuin. Tosefes is the any amount that he might have written in above the basic suba that she has a claim on only from the point that they consummated their marriage. The Chachomim are, we'll say, more limiting as far as the woman is concerned, and that even the basic Mona or Mosayim is from the point of Nisuin. The Hilchus on the Gemara itself rules Echod Zeh Min Hanisuin.